Long, way outside for the three. He's got it. He's got it. It's good. Season for Texas, they finished 34 and 0. The number one ranked team from beginning to end, winning their first NCAA championship. Hello, everybody, and welcome to another edition of the Texas 24 Podcast on the Dave Campbell's Podcast Network. I'm your host, Matthew Bruni, and joining me once again is Ishmael Johnson. Ish, how are you doing over there? I'm sleeping okay. Almost done with this magazine. Uh, a lot of long nights ahead as we enter the final stretch, but uh, I'm doing pretty good, man. I'm doing pretty good. Yeah, I was wondering if we were ever going to get this podcast done. I mean, you know, you're just a busy guy, and then, you know, you're pushing it I back push even it more. I was like, man, this is, is he breaking up with me here? This is ridiculous. <laughs> Less than a year and it's already on, on shaky ground, man. You know, you know, sometimes <laughs> the honeymoon, you, know, you, you get, you get, you get long distance from me and all of a sudden things get real complicated. Like, I don't know. <laughs> the honeymoon phase is definitely over at this point. Right. Right. Baylor won the national title. It's been downhill from there. <laughs> oh crap. Yeah. I think that Matthew Mayer thing, I think that that's what did it. I think that's what did it. <laughs> Jesus Christ! Still a guard, but it's okay. Yeah, yeah. we went, went public with it. <laughs> no, we got we got to get Shahan on this podcast now. That's what we need to do. He, he, Shahan will join me, man. Shahan will join the Matthew Mayor's a guard oh, movement. Oh, I know, I know, it is, it is here. I know. I just want to hear you two idiots just continue to to talk. That's just what I want to do. But anyways, we have a lot to talk about today. Uh, last week we did the men's basketball top ten backcourts in Texas, which was a lot of fun. Uh, go check that out if you haven't already. And so this week we have the top 10 women's basketball backcourts in Texas, which is much more difficult to me, but we'll get into that. Um, and then we don't have too much else, you know, the season's about a month away and the, uh, the magazine, any updates on the magazine ish or. So yeah, we're, we're basically a week out from press. Um, the cover is going to come out. We're going to drop the cover on the 11th. I believe that was the date I said, and we're excited. I mean, you know, everything's getting in. Everything's uh, it's just a bunch of like spot checking and and edits now to make sure everything's good to go. So it's kind of, it's it's arguably the most stressful part because as you're putting the contents, like people would maybe would think the contents the stressful part, but that's really not because you're yeah. just like writing and you know you're just gathering stuff. Yeah. The stressful part is editing to make sure all the contents right, all the contents edited and, and accurate. So. That's kind of where we're at right now, but yeah. uh, it's almost there, almost done. Yeah, I spent like a, few, a couple of years at the school paper, and the worst part for me was like the designs and the editing, mm-hmm. and then because once you print it and there's a mistake, then you just want to um, just tear the pages up and you hate everything. So yes. <laughs> that's how it goes. But anyways, let's let's get into it. I have one on the spot question for us this week before we get into the women's basketball backcourts, mm-hmm. and it is rank these three men's coaches: Johnny Jones. Jamie Dixon and Tim Jankovich. So we're talking about uh, Texas Southern, TCU, and SMU. Three coaches with very different pedigrees, I'd say, but you know, mm-hmm. all that all have um, similar success. One P five or one high major, you know, one mid major. Um, and I actually Johnny Jones is mid major as well. But mm-hmm. what what do you think? Where would you go with that? 
I, and it, it, man, if I'm going on the history criteria, or yeah, like, it kind of depends on the criteria as well, because right. for me, I'm, I'm kind of doing it as who would I want to be my coach? Like for, right for my program, like if I was starting a program, who would I want to be my coach? Okay. Based off that, man, I think I would go with Jankovic right now. I think because if this were literally just like maybe three, well, geez, if it was a couple of years ago, then I'd probably still go Jankovic. Um, I think he kind of was handed a weird situation at SMU. Mm-hmm. You know, he, he comes in and they were instantly successful, but he still came in when Larry Brown, I think Larry Brown left because all the kind of mess that went on there. And he had instant success and he kind of was trying to figure out what to do after that. Um, Jamie Dixon's kind of just gone downhill like consistently yeah. since he's gotten to TCU after a great start. And then just like, there's no recruiting momentum. There hasn't been like any, any like on court development, really. Um, Johnny Jones, I think the, I don't want to say the jury's out on him. I think he's done a really good job at Texas Southern and I'm curious to see how he does this year after losing Michael Weathers. But um, I feel like last year was kind of, catching lightning in a bottle. Uh, I did the SWAC, uh, here's some behind the scenes for the magazine. I did the SWAC preview and they kind of snuck up and beat like a heavily favored Prairie View and Jackson State. And I wonder how much of that was just kind of like catching teams off guard with their style of play. How I, they think, play a, I think a lot of it was was coaching in fair, that in that fair. regard, which I, I mean, I remember watching that game against Prairie View uh, mm-hmm. where they won. And I was like, because Prairie View was one of those teams that just went up and down, up and down, up and down. And not that Texas Southern played slow, but the whole time I was just like, Texas Southern just knows how to win this game, I felt mm-hmm. like. And like you said, a lot of that was, you know, Michael Weathers playing well, um, and they had some other talented players on the team. But I w- I thought Johnny Jones kind of was just like the better coach in that situation by, by March. I would still go Jankovic because everything mm-hmm. you said, I, I think from a talent acquisition standpoint, from a development standpoint, from a roster construction standpoint, um, I think he's been probably the best in that regard. But Johnny Jones, as far as a in-game coach, just off of what he did at North Texas, obviously uh, leading them to NCAA tournaments. And then mm-hmm. now at Texas Southern, I think what if it's two or three straight years or two of the last three years at getting to an NCAA tournament. Yeah getting the most out of his players, especially, you know, compared to his counterparts in, in this conference, because I think that's one way of looking at it. Right. Um, you know, compared to the rest of the swag, I think he is just the best coach in that conference by a wide margin, which is why I think he's been able to get to there to that NCAA tournament. So I'm going to go Jankovic, sure. then Jones and then Dixon. Yeah. I think with, I, I think I agree with that, that ranking, because I think with, the problem, and I, I want to say, how, I'm curious how much of our uh, judgment of Jankovic is clouded by what we expect maybe this year. Um, mm-hmm. we're, we're, we're really, really high on them, on high on him as um, heading into this year. But he's granted, he's had the best season out of all these coaches, right? That 30 and five year where they got upset in the tournament, uh, they were a dark horse for like an elite eight run that year. And they got, I forgot who beat them that year in the tournament, but. They were knocked off, and that was a big shock. I want to say, let me see, I'm looking back on it now. They were beat by USC um, by one. And that year, but I will say no other, neither of these, those other teams reached those heights, right? Jamie Dixon won at NIT, sure. Um, But I do wonder... With, uh, with with Jankovic, how much is uh, with you know I'm, I'm admitting to it too. How much is clouded by kind of what we expect SMU to kind of rebound and be. But again, 
that's part of the benefit of what he's done is we kind of see what he's doing, right? We've seen what he's, the talent he's acquired there to be like, oh, okay, he's, he knows how kind of middling, and they, they've never been bad either, right? They had two seasons under 500 in conference, but they've never like fallen really to the, to the bottom of the pack, it seems, and neither is TCU, but I mean, I'll actually, I'll say, I'll argue that last year, probably TCU probably did fall to more like the lower hundreds of the nation. Like it, it was a pretty bad year. Um, it kind of showed how much that team was relying on Desmond Bain the year before. Um, SMU kind of has remained a top 60-ish team for most of Jankovic's tenure. Um, and then Johnny Jones, I mean, like that, their they're up-tempo style of play is just kind of is the reason why they're always going to kind of be in the mix. And that's kind of a credit to him. So and I think I'll agree with that, uh, that, yeah. that ranking. Yeah. Last thing I'll say about Johnny Jones and the one thing, while I did praise him, obviously, in getting the most out of that team last year and, you know, the, the years he has been there, he did take over a really good situation where Texas Southern was a good program under Mike Davis. I mean, they made four, I'm looking at now four NCAA tournaments before Johnny Jones got there. So he mm-hmm. stepped into a situation that, you know, he, he could win and he is a he good enough coach. Rebuild. Yeah. He's a good enough coach to where he's going to win. So right. that, that I like, I like those rankings of those three uh, coming up with those on the spot. So that was, and I feel like it's going to be kind of the same this year. Cause you know, I just, I like what TCU added, but I don't know how much is going to be to where I feel that much better about what they have going on. Yeah, I mean, he's going to have to prove himself, Jamie, Dick, Jamie Dixon will, especially with this team. Like you said, I think I like the pieces and the idea of the team, but mm-hmm. eh, we'll, we'll see how it looks when, once it gets on the court. And it's almost here, man. Month away or so, month oh, and a week God, from the season, wild, which is right? <laughs> crazy, crazy. Can't believe we're here. All right, let's get to the, the, main, uh, the main course for this podcast, ranking the top 10 women's basketball backcourts in Texas for 2021-2022 season. I was up till about 1 a.m. looking at these, deliberating, <laughs> yeah. making sure I didn't miss anybody. Just, just, it, I think I have 15 teams here mm-hmm. and cutting that down to 10. For the men's, I had 11. Cutting that down to 10 was way easier. And so I'm, I have 15. Um, I think we'll do this the same way we did last time, where we just kind of go, I guess, back and forth or, sure. or no way we, 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 we created combine. one list. That's what we, yeah, did. we yeah. created one list. So number one, I, for me, I think number one was easy. Ooh, really? Okay. Who, who, did, who did you have for number one? Looking over everything and kind of, it's a little bit of a projection, but I have Baylor one. Wow. Okay, I have that Baylor is a projection. One. So okay. because obviously these two players, for, for those who don't know, we have Jordan Lewis and Jamie Asbury listed for Baylor. Um, Obviously, these players haven't played together, but these are two all Big 12 caliber players. I think that they're roughly two of the, in my opinion, 15, 20 best guards in the country. Um, And I think they'll be okay. (laughs) I think they'll just work it out. And so I think just based off pure talent, I go Baylor one. You said it was easy. So I'm curious who you have as number one. I'm going Texas A&M. Really? Okay. I'm going Texas A&M. I Kayla, I have down Kayla Wells, Jordan Nixon, and Kadasha Hobby. Mm-hmm. And all three of those are very, very good players. Now, the question is, Baylor's upset, I think, is higher mm-hmm. in that regard. I, I can agree with that. 
but Jordan Nixon, I think has a high, has a high ceiling. I think she can reach that ceiling that we've talked about before that she flashed in the NCAA tournament. Kayla yeah. Wells, 11 and a half points per game last year. I thought she was a big part of that team and their success. And then Kadasha hobby, St. John's transfer, second team, uh, Big East, uh, 15.4 points per game last year. And then I didn't even mention Destiny Pitts. I was going to say, yeah, she was kind of, she's kind of been battling injuries. So like, yeah, I, I, I have that as well. So that, that group I really like from Texas A&M. Um, and I can, already, I can already tell that we're just going to have very different lists and we are just not going <laughs> to we, we average them out at this point. I was about to say, yeah, I think uh, I could see that because of the depth in your argument. Because like <clears throat> for Baylor, you can probably throw Sarah Andrews in there too. Mm-hmm. Um, but again, that's another projection pick because she hasn't been that you know, she, she, we expect because she was a highly tattered recruit coming out of Irving MacArthur, but she hasn't been that exactly. So I'm, I'm, you know, it is a much, very much projection pick. I will, I'll actually see this. I'll say I can get behind AM one just based off, based off the depth alone and what we know about how they work together. Uh, we know that this backcourt works and we know that with Destiny Pitts in there and, I think the depth and what we saw them do in the tournament, I'll see that there is something that we just don't know about, you know, as Brittany Lewis, yeah. I think it will work. I think it will, they'll be fine. Um, but when you look at the depth and when I expect some, when I, even when I put somebody like Sarah Andrews in there, she only averaged like four points last year. Right. So it's very much like, well, I expect her to do more, but I don't have the evidence to say like, she will do more. Yeah. I will say for, uh, I want to say Jamie Asbury, both uh, I'm looking at her hoop stats right now, which is kind of one of my big resources for advanced stats. Uh, Jamie Asbury was ranked 16th or am I looking at uh, ninth? Sorry. Jamie Asbury was ranked ninth and Jordan Lewis was ranked 13th in their guard rankings for I want to say this is their kind of their, one of their efficiency rankings. So, you know, again, I, I really do think this is the potential to be a top 10, potentially top five backcourt in the country, um, but it is very much a wait and see. Yeah. Now, what I'm saying is I'm not backing off on them getting two. They're two. <laughs> Baylor is second. Well, I'm not backing off that. <laughs> let's, let's, let's hold on. Let, let's talk about it. Let's oh, talk God, about right, it. Hold on. Let's talk. Um, I will say that, yes, my, my list might be more about what you know yeah definitives sure uh more so than just general potential because like there might be you know like you said there might be a freshman or a younger player that steps up into into roles sure. that we sure. haven't seen but um i i think i'm i have texas tech too now Ooh, interesting which that might be high but That's i vivian high. gray i think the upside of vivian gray alone and then you add Brianne Scott here 18 points per game last year at Arkansas Little Rock and Mississippi State mm-hmm. before that so she has experience at the at the highest level those two and then you add in Lexi Hightower right mm-hmm. division two stud then you add in I I'm gonna say Riley McKinney and this isn't yeah, just because yeah. I covered her at, at, at Argyle Eight I'll agree with that it was kind of it was kind of unfair that SMU you know ended their season early she we still really started right just averaged eight points per game at SMU I think she could be a very, very solid addition, if even if it's off, off the bench for this team. So I went, mm-hmm. and I might be going a little more depth, too, in this regard, but I went Texas mm-hmm. Tech, Vivian Gray, Bramber Scott, Lexi Hightower, Riley McKinney um, at my number two. But I do like, I might I might seed you the Baylor point here, but I'll let you respond to that first. Yeah, I like that backcourt a lot. Um, 
I'll admit that I forgot that I for I did not take into account Riley McKinney when I was make when I was going through. Um, I remember like yeah, I remember Lexi Hightower. I, I really liked that addition from West Texas A&M, um, but I did forget about Riley McKinney a bit, and I forgot that she started for you know what little games SMU played. But I did I remembered I just now remember that she did establish herself as a starter and before they canceled their season. So I like that pick. I still think the I still think the the upside of Baylor is there, and I think that that's a little too much for me to to kind of see tech um, because for me Vivian Gray's kind of the nailed on, and Brian Scott to a, to another extent, but as far as like what we know about uh, uh, Vivian Gray in the Big Twelve is that you know she obviously is a star and a star scorer. Um, that was kind of one of uh Krista Gerlich's big gets last year was when you know was was getting her and so but she's kind of the one known commodity in the big 12 for me and I'm curious about how especially somebody as much as I like Lexi Hightower and I think she'll be a really good addition for them you know not only she's stepping up to division one she's stepping up to the big 12 and Riley McKinney as well which the AAC is decent in in uh in women's basketball but they're not it's not the big 12 um so I'm curious how and she, she only played six games. And she only played six games, of course. Um, so I'm again, I'm just curious about that. So I would say just knowing on what I feel that what I know that Jamie Asbury provides in the Big 12, what I know that Jordan Lewis can provide in the Big 12 in Division One, I, I still hold Baylor number one. Or Baylor will, number two. I will give you Baylor at two. Okay. I will give you Baylor at two. Now, who do you have at three if it's not tech? Because I feel like you don't have tech at three. I don't have tech at three. It's, it's Stephen F. Austin, isn't it? It's Stephen F. Austin. I knew it. I knew it. Love Stephen. Stephanie Stephanie Vischer, Zion Nugent. I mean, the the one thing that's going against SMU is that they do need a new point guard. Um, and so you mean they lose, and so they I think they lose. Uh, Marissa Banfield was her name, I think. Um, so they do need somebody to kind of initiate the offense. I wonder if they kind of just put. Visher there as somebody to, to initiate, but I want to say um, they have Tashera and Robinson, who's been there, not hasn't been a starter, but she's been part of that team for a while. Uh, Brianna Mitchell, somebody who can also also do it. I think it's, and then you also look at the best thing about this as a SFA team is the way they dominated last year was just death by a thousand cuts, and it, nobody averaged over like thirteen points a game. Yeah. It was very much a and, – and Vischer and Zion Nugent are both the type of player who could easily average 18-20 anywhere else. But how they operated defensively, I think that was the other thing. Um, I just think that this is something that – I mean, I want to say Stephanie Vischer was 14th in points per play last year in the nation. Um, I think that – I don't know. I think uh, To me, when you just – this is also, I think, the third year that they're starting together. Mm-hmm. I think this is just a, when you talk about continuity, production that we know. I don't even want to say upside because we know what they are. They're the yeah. best mid-major team in the country. And I have them right now. I have them as number three. All right. So when I went through and did these rankings and I had 15 teams in front of me and I was just like, I don't even know where to start or what to do. Whenever I get in that situation with rankings, because I like ranking things personally. Yeah, yeah. Um, whenever I get in that mode, I just start tiering them. So I put mm. them in three tiers, tier one, tier two, tier three. And tier one, obviously, I had AM Baylor, um, Tech, and then I had Tech, Stephen F. Austin, and TCU. 
Those are my mm-hmm. top, those are my front five. So after the top two, for me, do you have TCU in your top five or six? I have my top six, yes. Okay, six. This is this is this is the hell this is a crazy thought exercise. <laughs> um because I feel like we can go through tech. TCU and Stephen F. Austin as those three and figure out how to rank those three. Who do you, who else do you have in at the, in there with, with those guys? Yeah, I was kind of going back and forth on, I was trying to figure out where to put Texas in there. Okay. Because I have so many questions about Texas. Maybe you that's, can help that's, me. That's the thing. Maybe like, you can help me. Cause I just, losing, I didn't losing, know where to put them. losing Celeste Taylor hurt a lot. Because I felt like if they just kept that same backcourt, I probably would have arguably would have been top four, top three. Um, just another year under Vic Schaefer and all that. But obviously they lost her. So Joanne Allen Taylor, Aliyah Matharu, and Audrey Warren. Audrey Warren is definitely more of a defensive pick, uh, not really much of a score. And but they also add Rory Harmon and Kendall Hunter. I think Rory yeah, that's Harmon what I threw in there is too. Right. And so I think Rory Harmon will probably be the more nailed on player. I think Kendall Hunter might be take a little bit more time to come along, but that's, it gives you depth. It gives you, I think probably, I think it might be the best defensive backcourt outside of maybe SFA. I probably go SFA number one for me personally, but as far as defense is concerned, um, but it's not a lot of scoring punch. I can't can't put them over those three that we just named. I can't put them over tech TCU and Steven of Austin. I don't think just, I I probably agree with that. As I was, I had them in the second tier with with the uh, the teams we'll get to later. So I sure. I think if we if we focus on those three, how we want to order those three: Tech, TCU, and Stephen F. Austin. So you're staying Stephen F. Austin. I say Stephen F. Austin three, Tech four, Tech, TCU, TCU. Oh my god. Okay, TCU. Let's let's touch on well, it. Let me, I was about to say. Yeah, let, me, let me hear let's what what do you. So yeah, yeah. Got, what, what are you what are you disagreeing with me about? I so we've already like talked about Texas Tech. We've already yes. talked about Texas Tech. Texas Tech's cool, good, really good. Stephen Navas and you covered them really well. Defensively, mm-hmm. they're great. Uh, Vischer's amazing. Southland Player of the Year, 12, 3, 2, and whatever she did. Uh, right. Zaya Nugent basically filled up every stat. Yeah, every points. single stat. Zaya Nugent, 12.3 points per game. Excellent. Um, TCU is interesting because Lauren Hurd. Mm-hmm. First team all Big 12, 21.2 mm-hmm. points per game. Like this, Lauren Hurd yeah. is a star. Yeah. Like a star, star. Yeah. Then you have Tavi Diggs, 9.6 points per game, and made the all defense team for the Big 12. Mm-hmm. Those two, and I'm, I'm obviously, we've talked about depth before. Yeah, depth is important and all this stuff. But those two, I, that's tough. Yeah. That is a tough freaking backcourt. So now I'm getting to those three and I don't know where to rank them because I have a personal ranking here. But now that we've talked about it, I've completely thrown that to the side. And my original ranking was T- Tech TCU SFA. But right now mm-hmm. I have no clue what to pick. Yeah. Um, I don't know. I don't know. I'm thinking about this right now. I th- uh, I'm trying to think. Yeah, I like... I mean, I think Reagan Peebley is one of the most underrated coaches in the country. Um, I think what she's done at TCU, I think they had a little bit of a of a reset um, last year because they and I think that they did a really good job despite that because I think they had a really senior heavy team when the 
when the tournament was canceled um, a couple years ago and she kind of had a, re- a quick rebuilding job to do on the fly that I think she didn't really get to expect. So I will say, I think the results just based off that still give me a little bit of pause. I think TC will be a lot better. Don't get me wrong. Um, but I think you look at a team that was still pretty, that struggled quite a bit. Out, I wonder how, I, I hate the okay, phrase. Hold on, hold on, hold on. No, no, I hate the okay, phrase. Right. Like, I'm not, I'm not trying to use the phrase like empty stats or whatever. That's not what I'm trying to do here. But I do think that there was something to be said about like that didn't translate to success for them. Right. Okay. Those, okay. Putting okay. up those, especially somebody like Lauren Hurd, who absolutely is big 12, all big 12 caliber. Um, and probably we'll have to check our list, but I want to say made our all Texas first team. You know, she's a star. Um, I do wonder about the the depth of them when it comes to the overall team success. Okay. Okay. I picked her. I went to TCU's last season, right? I just went to it like, all right, yeah, 10, 15 overall. I went down and clicked a random game. I think it was the last game of the season against Texas. They lost 69 to 60. All right. Texas mm-hmm. had four players in double figures. Nobody scored over 20. TCU, Lauren heard 28 points, 10 to 21 shooting, 10 rebounds, four assists. Uh, Tavi Diggs, 16 points uh, on seven to 12 shooting. No one else scored more than five. Here's where I will, here's what I will say why I still have SFA. TCU's defense was not good. I'm looking at their two point percentage right now. They were 284th in the country. Their field goal percentage, they allowed 42% from the field. That's 272nd in the country. That's the one thing I'll get. I'm going to stick with SFA, in my opinion, because as much of a scoring punch as that is, that's also their fault that they were giving up a lot of those points. Get these girls some help, man. <laughs> can I say that on this podcast? Get these girls some help. Yeah, you can. I mean, we got to be an advocate for teams getting better. <laughs> yeah, there you go. That's what we'll do. <laughs> I'm trying to think, where did they rank? Because, I mean, they obviously ranked in the lowest in the nation, one of the lowest in the nation in, in defense. But I'm curious if, like, they were just flat out last in certain stats in the Big 12. Because, like, that was clearly their deficit last year was that they just weren't a good defensive team. Um, I'm just clicking on random games right now. All right, Kansas yeah. in the tournament. Lauren Hurd, 26 point digs, 20 points. I mean, they could fill it up. Like, that's the thing. But, see, look, I'm looking at it right now. Yeah, so their offense wasn't – their quote-unquote offense wasn't good because they just had those two. I'm not going to nick them for that. Um, But scoring defense, they were rough. They were allowing like 73 points a game. Like, and they were last in scoring margin, which is like – again, that goes back to them being really good uh, outside of – in those two players and then kind of nothing else. (laughs) So that's where I said – I don't think it's bad – to have a team that finished under 500 in the top five, six, because we're kind of saying, Hey, that's their team right there. Yeah. It's just like outside of that. And, you know, it is still up to them as well that they yeah, yeah. are not that great defenders. Okay. So. I, and also doing this, you realize how many, like the, the women's basketball side of things, just, there are so many teams that had like winning records and teams that oh, sure. are, are poised to have really, really good seasons this year, obviously. So sure. Sure. Like so I said, I, I think TCU is in for a rebounding season because last year they had to reload so much from uh, kind of that uh, first era of Reagan Peebley's uh, recruiting class. They basically hit a hard reset. So I think they'll be fine. Um, but yeah, I still, I, I feel like there's still like yeah, a little bit of hesitancy for, to me to put them above teams that have just like consistently produced like an SFA. Okay. All right, we're putting TCU fifth. Yeah. TCU is going fifth. Now the three and four, 
decision here. Uh, Tech and Stephen F. Austin. It's basically, I don't even, I don't, you can take this one time. I, st- I, st- I still got SFA, man. I don't like, what else do you, to me, it comes to like, what else do you want from this team? You know, like from this backcourt, that's again, the only, the only question mark I have is who takes over for Marissa Banfield at point guard, because she was one of the most efficient playmakers in the country last year. But um, if they have somebody, this team has played 10, 11 deep this whole, like basically for the past, like three, four years. So if it's to Sharon Robinson, she's not a new person, you know, coming into this team. She's a, I think she's a senior. Um, And so you look at a team that's, I'm trying to think 11th in points per game, ninth in points per hundred possession, 10th in point margin. They were like, they're sorry, second in margin per game. They won games by an average of 27 and a half points per game last year. And you can look at defensively, defensively, eighth and field goal percentage defense, sixth and two point percentage field, uh, field goal defense, uh, opponent percentage from three. They, they only allowed a 22% uh, shooting from three point range. These guards know how to get it on both ends of the floor. I think, I don't know. I, they're 30, they were 36 on offensive three point percentage. I think this speaks for itself. I think it's SFA and you can talk about, you know, Oh, whatever. Uh, it was the Southland. They're moving to the whack. Who cares? They play who's in front of them. They dominated who's in front of them. I don't know how much ninth and assists per game. I can keep going. You want me to read these stats second in steals per game. Come on now. <laughs> All right, good. This is good. We we can't we can't spend forty minutes on this. I'm gonna. I, mean, I could I could do a whole podcast people, of reading off their their advanced stats metrics. Some people right would enjoy that. Some people would are actually listening <laughs> to this pod for Stephen F. Austin. I'm sure. Um, oh man, I'm gonna. All right, I'm gonna go Stephen F. Austin three. We're gonna go Texas Tech four. We have conceded ish two through five. That's all right. Six through nine, we're coming. We're coming back. All right. We get into now my second tier. Okay. First, this is my my second tier is six through nine, six through ten, basically. So basically the rest of this list. Yeah. But right. um, I did go through and did I did eleven through fifteen as well, just because that's what I was doing at one in the morning on a Thursday morning, whenever that was. Mm. Um so here's my five here. You can throw somebody okay. in. I have at eleven, I don't mind or I don't mind throwing in some names here, but sure. I have North Texas, SMU, UTEP, Texas, Houston as as my next five. Is there anyone else you would throw in there? I'll throw UTA in there. I have Sam Houston and UT Arlington just on the outside. Okay. Okay. So I'll throw, yeah, yeah. Go ahead. We'll go with those seven. We'll go with those seven and go from there. Um, I don't know where to put Texas still. And I think yeah. you probably have to put them six or seven. Uh, the comp, the competition, and like I said, I'm not separating these by much because I feel like SMU is weird because they had it's only six games last year, right? So SMU, I'm right. looking at like, all right, you know, what really are they? But, you know, they have mm-hmm. Kayla White back, Amber Bacon back, and then they had two Rice transfers in Sydney Wiggins and Jasmine Smith who I like a lot, mm-hmm. average 10 points a game and eight points a game. They both started on that Rice team last year for all the, the entire season. Um, mm-hmm. That being said, I don't think either one of those, I don't think any of those players are better than Quincy Noble on North Texas. So you have Quincy Noble on North Texas, and mm-hmm. I, I like Jay-Z on Jackson for North Texas as well. So you have that. And then you go to UTEP, and 
Katia, Katia Gallegos is also, I think, I think she might be the best point guard in the, in the state. Yeah. Yeah. She's <laughs> like pure point guard tough. Like, okay. Yeah. So then you have her destiny Thurman, Avery Krause for UTEP. You have all these, especially North Texas and UTEP. I'm looking at specifically mm-hmm. those two teams have established players, established rotations at the backcourt position. Then you right. go to SMU in Texas and we don't really know. And, and Houston for that matter even though Houston returns a good amount with Layla Blair, Brittany Onyeji, and uh, Diamond Gladney, those three all average over nine points a game. I, they're all kind of young, or at least Layla Blair was right. all freshman team. So right. you have some teams you know stuff about. You have some teams you don't know stuff about. You have Texas, which Texas is always going to be a good team and always have talent. So you're like, okay, well, they can't be like 10 Right, like I don't know where to put them exactly. Like, is Rory can if Rory Harmon and Kendall Hunter can like come in and like be rotation players for this team that adds a lot because I was about to say like it's 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 seriously the Celeste Taylor transferred like ruined a lot because like again the continuity arguments there right when you talk about oh keeping the same backcourt with Vic Schaefer like that's just gonna be a top eight ish backcourt right you just like you just pencil that in but now it's like you know, what is the top end? What's the, what's the, what's the ceiling of this backcourt right now? You know, um, again, you have somebody like an Audrey Warren, who's not a scorer. She's just there for her defense really. And, and you kind of expect Joanne Allen Taylor to obviously be the, the, the catalyst, but you're also like, okay, well, what's the high end of her game in that offense? So yeah, I, I definitely see, I, I don't feel great about it, but I had Texas six. Um, I don't feel great about it just because of all the things I mentioned, but I'm also like, I don't know if I would choose another backcourt over. I don't know either. Yeah. This is so tough for me. This is, this is very tough. Cause I look at North Texas and UTEP on a very, very similar level as far as just those mm-hmm. two having mm-hmm. a one established star and then sure. a complimentary player or two yeah. around them. SMU, while I like the Wiggins and Smith additions from Rice, I think it's too much to get. We just they just didn't play, you know. Yeah. Like they, we we have no idea where, and they and they have a new head coach. Toyo Wilson yeah. comes in and like new coach White and Bacon were cool, good. It's kind of like with Rice, where it's like you know I like Haley Swayze, but like new coach, like yeah. <laughs> like I don't know what they're gonna look like with with yeah. the losing so much, and then that, you know what we expect maybe projecting a little bit from them. So so can we put. Uh, at the nine ten spots, can mm-hmm. we put Houston and SMU, like in those two? Like, can we separate this tier okay. into two tiers? Sure, sure. I'm I'm okay with that. You don't sound okay th- with it. I was th- I was trying to think because I want to. Okay. Don't sound okay. With so you said Houston. What was it? Houston SMU. Houston, SMU at nine and ten. I'm trying to figure out if I like UTA over either one of those. Ooh, okay. I didn't even include UTA. All right, UTA on yeah. ten. Uh, Taryn Milton, 9.6 points, four mm-hmm. rebound or four assists, I'm sorry, per game. Katie Farrell back. Mm-hmm. And then you had Claire Chastain, mm-hmm. who was opted out last year due to COVID. Before that, she was all Sunbelt uh, preseason picks in 2020, mm-hmm. 2020 and 2021 season. So last year as well, before she opted out. So last two yeah. years, she's been picked to be an all Sunbelt conference player. They I will say with, with somebody like a, a the thing the thing that's interesting to me about UTA is that I think Justin Carter uh, did a really good piece on her for our side last year. Katie Farrell is like one of the most unheralded stars probably in the country because her numbers aren't 
really yeah. much of anything, right? You look at he's like, oh, six points and, you know, like three rebounds or whatever. But you look at how, how much she does yeah. and it's like, everything's within like upper echelon tier of like product productivity, right? She shoots the ball. Well, she shoots the three. Well, she's like, she handles the ball. She's, she rebounds. Well, she plays defense extremely well. She's extremely efficient. I want to say she's 96. She's 96 percentile when it comes to defensive win shares, according to her hoop stats. Um, and she's been 98th, 99th since she's gotten to UTA. Um, I think and again, you look at it, she doesn't, she doesn't start, right? She comes off the bench a lot of, some of the times too. And so it's very much like a, uh, kind of like a, a hidden weapon they kind of have there. Yeah. Okay. Um, let's, 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 let's do the six through eight and then we'll come okay. back and do nine to 10 with those other three teams. Cause I sure, think sure, we sure. have it right. So let's, let's do it in order. Let's keep an order for everybody. So, so let's six through eight then. So I think we're, we're discussing between Texas, U, uh, UTEP and North Texas, right? Yes. Those three. Okay which which is gonna hurt my head <laughs> thinking about these different scenarios um yeah. all right team wise they all had really good years right nor yeah. utep i think finished so here's i think I'm, i think i don't know if i'm wavering on my own texas point or not because how much of us how much of our opinion of texas is weighted on their tournament run and on charlie collier and on charlie collier's production that Kyra Lambert, like really like lift had to like really lift that team last year. I mean, because they were like a so, defensive team to an extent. Like, I mean, no, really, yeah, yeah, exactly. It was like it was like Charlie it. Collier save us, you know? Yeah, like, exactly. So it's like, <laughs> I mean, we don't know anything about this like backcourt's like offensive ability if it even exists. Like, I I really yeah. think they might need Harmon and Hunter to come in and like <clears throat> give them a serious punch. Like yeah, it's, it's they really point. might need them to come in and I'm not going to say be great, but sure. 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 Be good yeah. immediately. And they can, I really, they can. Oh, I'm looking at their advanced yeah. stats and yeah, I, I think I'm wavering on that point. All right. So they come in You So I'm going <clears> to, <throat> geez. Yeah, this is bad. This is a lot worse than I thought. So, okay. <laughs> um, you, they came in and one of the big things I always look at is usage percentage, right? How much of a factor was a certain player? Charlie Collier was 27.5% usage percentage. Celeste Taylor was 26.2. Oh my God. Like that's, that's almost, you know, like, I know, I know, I know it's not how their, how usage percentage works, but you get what I'm saying. That's almost like, that's more than half. So like, yeah. Okay. Uh, I'm wavering a bit. I'm ready. I'm ready to go. All right. Here's if I'm being honest here. Yeah. Go for it. This was, this was my, this this is I had North Texas then UTEP then Texas, but okay. that was my original original rankings. Mm-hmm. I mm, and that's how much how much does losing Nia Boyd hurt? It, it hurts. It hurts. But this it's they're still UTEP keeps their backcourt from last year. If I'm not most of I'm trying to remember who they lost. UTEP lost. I don't. It wasn't obviously like the best, but it was. Oh, they lost a. Oh, it's hard to remember who they lost. Women's basketball. The thing I think defensively, North Texas got a lot better last sure, year. Sure. If, yes. Efficiency wise, they took significant steps forward. Quincy Noble was shot 42.6% from the field and 38% from three. As mm-hmm. a team, they just became one of the more efficient teams in conference last year. So that was a mm-hmm. big, big step forward for them. And UTEP. Oh, 
UTEP might be better this year slightly. Like, mm-hmm. but if, if I had to pay, those are probably two of the best teams in conference USA, obviously. So it's like, where do I, man, where do I look at? All right. UTEP lost Michelle Pruitt. Oh, did they, they lost Isis Lopez, which is a. Isis Lopez. All right. So that was, that was the other uh, starter. Or she started four of their games, but she played 25 yeah. minutes a game. Yeah. Hmm. Um, I, I don't I don't have a problem either way. I think I might give UTEP the edge just because I think Gallegos, Thurman, and Crows Kraus are all capable of being really good starters. And North Texas, I have questions after Noble and Jackson. Yeah. So I think I, I think I would get yeah, I think I'm okay with that because I think they have the pieces to be fine after losing Nia Boyd, but I think when you look at the depth and the continuity of UTEP, I think that's yeah. that's that's the that's the separating factor for me. Okay, we'll go UTEP six. All right, UNT seventh. I'm gonna go North Texas seven. I'm okay. gonna put Texas at eight. Yes. Okay. 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 I like that. All right. I like that. We survived nine <laughs> through ten, nine and ten because we're only gonna go ten deep here. Even yeah, if we yeah, do yeah. Mentions, we're, honorable we're mentions, cutting, we're cutting somebody cut off. Somebody. Um, I'm going to sit here and I'm going to make my case. I think we're sleeping on Houston a bit. I think Layla Blair has a chance to be really special for that team mm. and for that okay. program in the coming years. Ten, I'm okay. sure the team that's going as a freshman, obviously all freshman team. Diamond Gladney's good. Brittany on- Onyeje is good. I think that Layla Blair can be, is, is better than anybody on SMU. And I think is better than anybody on, on UT Arlington. So for that reason, I like Houston at, at, at nine. Okay. I think, God, I hate that they only played like six games last year. <laughs> it makes it impossible almost to like yeah. really evaluate them. And the Rice transfers are good. But... I like Sydney Wiggins a lot. Um, like... But yeah, it's just like, it's just piecing it all together, you know. Um, I will say when they did floor a team, they the reason why I wish that they played last year is because when they when SMU did floor a team, they were okay the year before. They weren't great, right? They were kind of middle tier of everything in the country. And they didn't shoot great either. Um, I want to say they were they shot under 40% from two, under 30% from three. I'm looking at 2019, 20. Yeah. Um and they kind of struggled for efficiency in a lot of ways. So I think think i'm okay going with houston um with ut arlington that's the actually to make. yeah oh man i think i'm okay with even seeding ut arlington for for you like houston above both of them oh okay i hope you i hope smu people don't get their hands on this podcast i know right that's gonna be oh, that's gonna be a shame oh <laughs> Um, but I'm no, I think that, that there were, there were some issues with UTA's offense at times, um, shooting wise, I think defensively, they're excellent. I think defensively, they're the best of these, this bunch. Um, I think Katie Farrell's the most versatile player of this bunch easily. Um, but I do think Layla Blair is probably the most talented. Well, and Shia, I think Shia Smith is obviously, uh, where we haven't mentioned her really, but Shia Smith, I think is obviously, um, all conference and 
a potential star in her in her own self too. If, if they get Claire, if UT Arlington gets Claire Chastain back, and she is as good as she was in the first two years of her uh, career, mm-hmm. I mean, as a freshman she averaged nine and a half points, and then in nineteen twenty as a sophomore she started thirty games, uh, averaged. 11 points, four rebounds, two assists, shot 40% from the field. So yeah. two years removed from that. If she can produce at a 12-point-per-game level and be a consistent presence for UT Arlington, and you pair her with Katie Farrell and Taryn Milton, who I like, mm-hmm. I think they have to be top 10. Yeah. Just okay. because what I, we know. I think, I think that means we're going Houston UTA. Yep. UT. All righty. Because I will say, I think Houston was also, I think, unanimously seen as like a big snub last year in the tournament. A lot of people yeah. thought UT uh, Houston would make the would yeah. would get would get the tournament, and they obviously didn't. So, yeah. Um, yeah, okay, I like that because I like that we ca- I think we have the scoring punch and the star power with Layla Blair and kind of what Houston does offensively, and we're kind of rewarding UTA for potentially getting better with Claire Chastain and then also being the best to me, the best defensive, one of the best defensive backcourts of the state um, and the best of this bunch, certainly. So, all right, that was good. Uh, I want to, I want to give a shout out to Sam Houston state who I had 11. Okay. uh, Which I probably should have thrown in there earlier, but I got so caught up in UTR because I think you shout out faith cook. I don't know, but um, where did I put, Oh, here we are. Uh, Faith Cook, 13 points a game. Courtney Cleveland, 12 points per game. And then they add Kylie Scott from Arkansas Little Rock, mm. who started uh, and averaged 8.5 points per game. Uh, shout out to Kylie Scott. Covered her at Denton High School. And she was cold, man. She can okay, play okay. <laughs> basketball. Oh, man. she. Uh, I even stood up for So she was – this was a couple years ago, obviously. And it was her and Riley McKinney were the top two players in, in our – the Den, this one I covered for the Den Record Chronicle. And mm-hmm. everyone was like, all right, well, Riley McKinney's our player of the year. I was like, Kylie Scott's really good, man. I feel like mm-hmm. we should, I don't know. But, no, I mean, we know giving her, I think, offensive player of the year or something like that. I was sure, like, sure. she is – she can she's good. So, uh, okay. yeah, good for her. Going over to Sam Houston State, I wanted to shout out that. Nice. Uh, I think they're going to be very, very good. And I have no problem making sure that they are top 12, top 11 probably top 12 or so in the state, yeah. top half of the state backcourt wise with those three. So that'll be a fun team to watch as well. Other teams, uh, the last three I have in here are Rice, which we kind of talked about. It's going to be a weird issue. If they, kept, if they kept Sydney Wiggins, I probably would have them punched into this group. I'd be more, I'd be yeah. more, I'd be more, um, I'd be able to argue more. Yeah. Um, but with this you know, really. losing them and then having a new head coach, it's just kind of like, all right, what's kind of, you know, yeah, know what's kind of happening here. So um, and then we have Texas State at 14. Um, I I like pieces of Texas State, but mm-hmm. like I said, the women's basketball in Texas right now, the the amount of A talent and B, I think winning teams that are yeah. here it's going to take a lot to break into a top 10 list. So uh, Kennedy sure. Taylor, Jaquela Bowie, though, and Jonah, Har- Jonah Johnson, um, mm-hmm. I'm right there. Uh, Texas State, I think, will be much improved this year. So I'm excited. I think, like, I think like Katia Gallegos from UTEP, like Kennedy Taylor is one of those like best pure point guards that, yeah. that we have in the state. And so, um, but it, to me, with her, it comes down to the, the supporting cast around her, right? Texas State's definitely going to be, 
I think it's going to be more of an inside out game with her and Denaja Hood as opposed to her and Jaquela Bowie on the, on the perimeter. So, yeah. Uh, and then last, uh, or I shouldn't say lastly, but last of our honorable mentions, I uh, have Texas Southern on the list, mm-hmm. actually. Mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. Taya Bridges, 16 points per game. And then they added transfer from USC, uh, Shalexis Aaron, who yes. was a solid role should player at USC. She uh, should be a big pickup for them. Yeah, shot 40% from three last year. I think 2050 overall. She's a really, really good shooter just from everything I've read about her. So, you know, that should help them out as well. Throw them mm-hmm. in there. Honorable mention. Cynthia that's, Cooper that's our list. having them turned around. Yeah, that's our list. Let, let's go back over real quick. This is our, our put-together list. Mm-hmm. Um, Texas A&M, Baylor. Okay, no. Texas A&M 1, Baylor yeah. 2, Stephen F. Austin 3, Texas Tech 4, TCU 5, UTEP 6, North Texas 7, Texas 8, Houston 9, and Texas Arlington 10. That, I can come to a consensus. We can agree. I like that. See, we, get, we can get things done on this podcast. <laughs> This is good. This is good. All right. That was fun. Um, yeah. Well, we have about a month before the basketball season starts, and mm-hmm. um, we'll start getting into more specific team previews in the coming weeks yeah. um, as we start to approach it. Probably knock out two or three you know, per episode. We have so mm-hmm. many teams to cover on the men's and women's side. Maybe get Justin in here if he wants to join yeah. us for some women's basketball talk. Um, that's always good. And yeah, I mean, I don't even know when like media days and stuff are or anything like that, but we'll be hitting hitting like a whirlwind uh, in like the coming months or so. (laughs) Not not ready for this. This I know it's, it's the worst because it's just like football seasons. You finally get in a groove for football. You're like, ah, we're good to go. And then just like media day, boom, here you go. Basketball, men's, women's, like, oh God. Crazy. It's going to be crazy. Second half of October and all of September is just going to hit like an avalanche. So all can't, wait for, can't wait for oh, it. Can't wait for it. But if you second half of, yeah, never mind. October yeah, and yeah, September yeah. and then going into September. Yeah, so yeah, we'll see. Yeah, right. um, but yeah, we hope you enjoyed this podcast. Uh, we had a lot of fun doing it. Maybe we'll get Justin's uh, Justin's uh, take on our on our list uh, i think see. he's I, I knowing justin i think he's gonna want sfa one yeah he's definitely justin's, gonna, justin's been like beating the sfa drum for a while I, so i know i had Stephen f austin fifth and then once this podcast started and you started talking I, and you i was like uh, yes the dude, disrespect better, the he? disrespect <laughs> i was like oh my gosh so yeah anyways we just have Stephen f austin everywhere but anyways uh hope you enjoyed it uh this was a lot of fun check out our men's basketball backboards one if you haven't already that one was fun as well uh we'll have preview podcasts coming up in the coming weeks on every team in the state pretty much um and then be on the lookout for the magazine the cover reveal uh we'll get into that uh once that is released and mm-hmm. we'll be talking about that in a good amount as well uh follow us on uh wherever you get your podcast uh apple um Check us out at the, uh, texasbasketball.com. Follow us on Twitter at DCT Basketball. Follow Ish on Twitter at Ishmael R. Johnson. Follow me on Twitter at Matthew Bruni underscore. Uh, yeah, keep up with all of our content as the basketball season begins to approach. Uh, thanks for joining us, and we'll talk to you all later.